Welcome to Living Catholic. I'm David Anders, uh, Director of the Department of Education and Formation for the Diocese. This is our weekly podcast about living the Catholic faith with, uh, with joy and enthusiasm. And our bishop has declared a year of the parish and the Eucharist. And so we're joined today by John Martinetti, Director of the Office of the New Evangelization and Stewardship, uh, uh, to talk uh, mostly about the Year of the Parish and the Eucharist Conference, which is going to be titled, Behold, I Make All Things New. And uh, John has put the conference together and has some magnificent uh, speakers and events for us. We're going to get him to elaborate on that. It's August 13th to 14th at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville, Alabama. Uh, here to tell you more about that, John Martinoni, thank you for coming. Welcome to Living Catholic. It's my pleasure to be here, David. It's uh, always a joy discussing things with you. Uh, we have a real blast. We were cracking up before we went on the air, right? Yes. Uh, so, listen, John, so we're going to talk about the conference. But first, I thought, I think most people around here know John Martinoni, but maybe not everybody. So why don't you tell us a little bit about John Martinoni, uh, what you do at the diocese, and how you got into evangelism. Well, uh, how I got into evangelism, to start with the latter point there, is uh, well, going back to the beginning. Grew up Catholic in Huntsville, never really learned my faith growing up, left the faith when I went off to college. I tell people when I stepped onto the campus at the University of Alabama, I stepped right out of the church. Uh, graduated with a bachelor's in finance, MBA, worked in the defense industry in Huntsville as a cost analyst for several years, then went back to school to work on a PhD in finance, hated the, finance, uh, the PhD program, and, and so did only a year, but when I was leaving school that year, which was 13 years after I had left the church, I came back into the church and did a few things in the interim, uh, worked with a place called Covenant House in Anchorage, Alaska, and then uh, uh, taught for a year at UNA and wound up in Birmingham working in banking. And after a few years in banking, about, what, I guess, three, four years in banking, I uh, found myself as the uh, business manager for Salesian Ministry on the eastern side of Birmingham in, in Gate City uh, and with uh, this, you know, the organization was called Be an Apostle of Christ, started by a Salesian brother, Brother Charles Tudell, who many people around Birmingham still probably remember. And so did that for several years and got into evangelization and apologetics specifically because while I was working at the Being Apostle of Christ Foundation, one day I was heading down to the post office and on the radio I happened to tune into the evangelical station in town, uh, which is actually the largest evangelical station in the state of Alabama, and uh, heard them just trashing the Catholic Church with this paid program. So I called to complain said, you need to let a Catholic come on there to respond to that. And uh, I didn't mean this Catholic because I didn't know my faith all that well. I was just getting into apologetics. And uh, uh, so, but one thing led to, to another. And, you know, if you're the one who has the idea, quite often you're the one tasked with carrying out the idea. So one thing led to another. And I wound up several months later with a live, one-hour-a-week Catholic apologetics program uh, on 
again, the largest evangelical station in the state. And what was the, the time frame there from, from the first phone call to actually finding yourself with well, the show? The first phone call, and then probably a couple months later, they had me on their, uh, they had a live show in the afternoon at the time. So I went on the live show, and I had called Jeff Cavins. This was late 90s. And he was in town working at EWTN at the time. He had his life on the rock show. I said, hey, I've never done this, and I don't really know what I'm doing. Could you come down and help? And he said, sure, absolutely. So we went on, and he talked kind of, kind of big picture stuff. And I just picked two topics, purgatory and confession, and showed where they were in the Bible from a Catholic perspective. We were supposed to be on for an hour. The phones <laughs> lit up. I bet I they mean, did. They just went crazy. People were, what are Catholics doing on this station and this that? And so we ended up being on for an hour and a half. Uh, and the funny thing was, is after our show, which ended about 2.30 in the afternoon, I think it was, people kept calling the station all afternoon, all night, all the next day about our appearance on the station. Well, I was the contact they had. And they, you know, didn't have a cell phone at the time. This was 97, I think. And uh, so they gave everybody my home phone number <laughs> to contact me. <laughs> and uh, so I remember coming home from work the next day, had like 20 messages on my answering machine. I'm like, what the heck is this? And I start listening. Well, it was half Catholic, half non-Catholic but 100% positive that people were talking about the program we were on, uh, about us being on there. And, uh, um, you know, the Catholics were saying, thank you for being on because they regularly put on programs that are, are dismissive to the Catholic faith. And the, the Protestants were saying, oh, thank you for doing that. I learned something about the Catholic Church I didn't know. Well, I had a guy call who's, who was in a family with some money, and he said, I will pay for you to put on a show like that on the radio. He said, I'll buy the airtime. And I told him he was crazy. I said, nope, not going to do it. And he said, well, just pray about it. I said, no, I'm not going to pray about it. I said, if God wants this to happen, he'll make it happen. I said, because this is nuts to even think about it. And over the next few months, several weird things happened. I found myself in the station manager's or in the sales manager's office probably, let's see, probably about six, seven months later. So total first call to when I was signing the contract to, to buy the airtime was probably about 10, 11 months. And I'm signing a contract to do a one hour a week show for a year on this station. And I remember going out into my car and I grabbed the steering wheel. I was like, you better not leave me now. <laughs> I was like, what did I just do? Uh, but it was, you know, that's what launched my career in apologetics and evangelization, so to speak. And it's been crazy ever since. And, you know, I went out, ended up bringing Catholic radio to town, um, then was on my own with my little apostolate called the Bible Christian Society. And then Bishop Baker called me and said, hey, I want you to be director of you know, the Office of New Evangelization, that was 2009. So I've been doing that ever since. So it's just past the 12-year mark for me here at the diocese. And that's the 
the the quick synopsis. Of now, uh, over the last year, you have been involved in a very innovative evangelistic and apologetics uh, outreach in the city of Birmingham that I think many people have seen, but maybe not everybody has connected to you. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, we've been doing billboards, and I've had four ads that I've been doing the la for the last for several months, and uh, uh, first did them on the ele four electronic billboards that were very high profile around the city, and now I'm doing them on this, I guess they call them static billboards with the more traditional billboards, um, and those are just in between contracts, the, the billboard companies don't like their billboards to be blank. Right. So I paid for some billboard covers with these ads on them. And anytime for the rest of the year that this particular company has an empty billboard, they're putting these ads on there, these billboard covers with these Catholic ads. And <clears throat> one of the ads was had a beautiful picture of Mary. And it said, uh, Mary dot, dot, dot. The mother of God? Question mark, exclamation point. And it sends you to BibleChristianSociety.com slash Mary, which is my uh, website. And if they go to that link, to that page, they see an apologetic, short apologetic on Mary being called the mother of God and why it's perfectly reasonable, it's perfectly logical, and it's perfectly scriptural. There was another one that said, the one that a lot of people really like was, uh, it said, the Catholic Church, 33 AD dash. In other words, still around, still we're still here, we're still going, and we were here from the beginning. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, so what has been the response to these? Phenomenal. I tell people that you know when I went on the radio on the evangelical station, it was unbelievable response, Catholic and non-Catholic. This thing I've done with the billboards has been, I have not had a response like that to anything I've done since I did that radio show. So it's been, I mean, people stopping me at, at mass, people stopping me in stores when Catholics see me at a Walmart or something, they go, are you doing those billboards? You know, because I think people realize, well, if there's something going on, I, I might be associated with it in some way, shape or form. And I said, yeah, those are, <clears throat> we're putting them up there. And they're like, we love them. My mom saw them over here and she loved it, you know, and this, uh, and I'm getting emails, phone calls, non-Catholics. You've had some interest from out of the city too, haven't you? Oh yeah, I've had uh, uh, people in Dallas are saying, hey, can we do this here? And I was like, well, start talking to people, you know, that have some money who could, uh, I've got a guy uh, in uh, Baton Rouge who's interested in maybe saying, hey, why don't we do a, a campaign across the southeast in all the major cities I'm like uh, I'm, I'm ready let's go let's have at it so that's potentially gonna happen in in the not too distant future you know I'm, we're we're talking about things and he's trying to raise some money to to make that happen so uh yeah it's been uh it's been quite an experience and and what i tell people the whole point of it is to just plant seeds Make people think, you know, Catholic Church, 33 A.D. debt. Maybe, oh, Catholic Church has been here since 33 A.D. Oh, a lot of people don't, even a lot of Catholics 
go, the Bible, where'd the Bible come from? Uh, well, let's think about that. Mary, is she the mother of God? Now, all these things are designed to be provocative, but not provocative to provoke anger or anything, but to provoke thought and discussion. And I, I think they've, they've accomplished that. So, so, John, in your story, you were you're an MBA, you were working in finance, working in the bank business. Uh, you could have stuck with that. You could have stuck with finance and had a great career doing that. You were a smart guy, PhD quality guy. Then you leave to go work with the Salesians in Gate City. All right. And you stepped out to start an apologetics ministry that you didn't know you were stepping out to start. Uh, what would what motivated you to leave a secure career in finance uh, to do these radical things? Well, um, you know, it, uh, I'll, I'll sound very Paul-like here, but I don't want to make that comparison. But it's I had this just desire to do something that brings people closer to Christ. You know, Paul said, "Woe." unto me if I do not preach the gospel. And that's kind of how I felt. One of the main things that had had laid the foundation, if you will, for me coming back to the church was that I had just out of the blue gotten a piece of mail when I was out of the church before I'd gone back to the PhD program and I was living the high life. I had my Corvette, my house. I was playing the stock market. I was playing the day market in the silver's futures trading. You know, I had it made according to the world's standards. But I get this piece of mail from Covenant House. And it's about the kids that are on the street that they're taking care of. And it just really touched me. And so I started donating money to them. And I started getting more information from them and and uh mailers and such and a, and a little book about the kids and and it just really started to develop a uh you know in me a heart for the poor and so when i had the chance a few years later after i'd come back into the church to work with the poor i was working with uh, brother charles i was you know met him through a prayer group and and I was ended up being on the board of directors for the Being Apostle of Christ Foundation. And they got to the point where it was too much for a 70-plus-year-old Salesian brother to handle. We had, we had three youth oratories, uh, a free food pantry, uh, a job training program, uh, a uh, free furniture warehouse, a free medical and legal clinic. And he just couldn't. And Brother Charles was old school. So you'd give Brother Charles some money, he'd put it in his right pocket. A little while later, he'd shift it to his left pocket. Then he'd take it out and give it to somebody. Well, as a board of directors filled with businessmen, you're going, okay, brother, where'd the money go? Well, I don't know. I gave it to somebody. Well, but we need to track this money. Well, I, I gave it over there, you know, and so the board of directors said, we need a business manager, you know, <laughs> because they, you know, they knew brother wasn't stealing money or anything. He lived in this one room at the rectory at Holy, uh, over, over at Holy Rosary in Gate City. And so 
There was nothing along those lines. It's just for our filing and reporting requirements for this nonprofit that we have, we have to have a better paper trail. Mm-hmm. So they decided, well, we need a business manager. Well, we interviewed a couple, and it's kind of like, I started thinking, I said, you know, I could do this. I ought to do this. It, and my wife was working at the time, so we had benefits. She was working at EWTN through her uh, job. So I talked with her and, and decided and said, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I went out with uh, the Salesians and worked with them for several years before getting more into the apologetics and Catholic radio and all that. That's fascinating. Now, I think we got to transition to the conference now. And it, one way to think about this is you, you went out there to do evangelism, to do uh, apologetics, and you had no training in theology. You had no background at all. You didn't feel competent for it. You started to read. You started to consume Catholic media. You started to buy tapes. Uh, was there any Catholic author or authority or catechist that stood out in your mind at that time who was helpful to you in developing your knowledge of the faith and apologetics? Well, this is, this is an easy answer. Um, I tell, there used to be a Catholic bookstore on the east side of Birmingham, Catholic Horizons. Uh, it was run by a wonderful woman, Sue Dominic, saintly woman. And one day I went into the bookstore because I was working at the bank. This was before I had gone to, to the Salesian ministry. And people are asking me questions about the Catholic Church. I'm like, well, what are you asking me for? Uh, you're Catholic? I'm like, oh. Yeah, okay. So I had gone into the bookstore, and this was right before the catechism had come out, maybe a year or so, a couple of years. And I asked the woman, it wasn't Sue, it was some volunteer. I said, is there something, anything, that explains why Catholics believe what we believe? She literally walked up and down every, every aisle in the bookstore for 20, 30 minutes as I'm standing there. She comes back to me, she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. She goes, but I heard this this talk was really good and hands me a cassette tape. Well, I grew up a researcher. My dad was a, a PhD in chemistry. He was a researcher. And I remember when I was six years old, I asked him a question. He said, son, you see those books on the wall over there? So yeah. He goes, that's the World Book Encyclopedia. Look it up. So I'd always researched. So I didn't want to tape. I wanted a book that I could highlight and everything. So I go and I say, all right, I'll listen. Put it in. Well, it was Scott Hahn's conversion story. And here was this Protestant minister who became Catholic because of the Bible. And he's got all these things. He's talking about the Bible and the Catholic Church. And it was like pouring gasoline on a smoldering fire. So I just started buying all the Scott Hahn tapes and books. He didn't have that many books. He had a lot of tape sets at the time. I was buying all of them. And I was just eating them up. I was single at the time. And so for the next two years, before I got married, just eating all these things up. And after I got married, I, I, sh- I shared the story with you. My wife worked at EWTN. And Scott Hahn came in one time to be on Mother Angelica's show, which my wife worked on that show. And I remember meeting him before the show. And, and first thing I said to him is like, you know, hi, my name's John Martinoni. I said, I don't know how many rooms you have in your house, but I've paid for at least one of them. You know? <laughs> and he looked at me like I was, uh, you know, touched in the head. And I, he's kind of starting to look around like, is there a security guard around here? You know? I said, what I mean is I bought so much of your stuff that I've probably helped 
helped you pay your 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 mortgage off and he's like oh, oh okay but he was still kind of looking at me kind of but uh, yeah he was uh his material above and beyond anybody else's is what really got me going and got me excited about the faith and apologetics and evangelization so You've had a lot to do with Scott over the years, and I know you've hosted a lot of conferences, and uh, Scott's come to speak in our diocese any number of times. Uh, can we expect to hear Scott Hahn at the at the Eucharistic Conference in Hansville? If you come to the Eucharistic Conference in Hansville on Saturday, August 14th, you will hear Scott Hahn live. He'll be talking about the Eucharist. Um, I'm not sure the exact uh, topic, because with Scott Hahn, Sometimes he gets something in his head that he wants to talk about, and he just goes, and it's awesome. It's always, it's always good. Always, it's, it's always good. good. It's going to be Eucharistic related. It may be, it may include a lot about. Uh, I know the Saint Paul Center, his his organization, has a a, a Bible study out recently on on uh, the Mass and the, the Eucharist and the Mass in the Bible. So I imagine it'll have a lot to do with that. But uh, yes, he will be there. His uh, uh, confrere from St. Paul Center, uh, you know, fellow theologian and, and scholar, uh, Dr. John Bergsma will be there. He'll be sharing his story about how the Eucharist brought him into the Catholic Church. So that's going to be awesome. Dr. Bergsma is also a convert, I believe, correct? Yes. Yes. And uh, I've <clears throat> loved and read Scott Hahn. I've met Scott many, Scott many times. I really appreciate him. When people ask me, I don't know anything about the Bible, and I don't know where to start. Where do I start? I usually recommend a book by John Bergsma, Bible Study Basics for Catholics. It's one of the greatest introductions to the structure of the Bible that I've ever seen, and it's extremely accessible to anybody. And He's got a totally different angle from Dr. Hahn, yes. and it's 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 completely accessible. So you'll get two orthodox, faithful Catholic scholars, converts to the faith, but they'll give you very different presentations. Yes, and they'll be fantastic. And, and you're gonna love both interest. of them. You will love both of them. Who and else do we have? Early the the first speaker in the morning after we, well first we're starting with a nine o'clock mass in the piazza at. at the shrine of the most blessed sacrament so that is going to be beautiful we're going to have our new the, diocesan which, choir. which piazza in Hansville is this? It, this this is the big one at the shrine so you mean yeah. there's only one piazza in Hansville? yeah pretty going. much okay yeah uh oh, that's what you're getting right. at. <laughs> yeah how many, how many piazzas are there in, in, Hansville? in, in the megalopolis of, of Hansville? yes one piazza uh so it's going to be beautiful the the newly formed diocesan choir is which I've heard from people who are part of it are, that it's magnificent. It's going to blow you away. They're going to be singing this Mass. So we're going to start with the Mass, and then about 10... What time is Mass? 9 a.m. for Mass. And then about right after Mass, a few minutes after Mass, Monsignor Eugene Morris is going to be speaking. He's a, a, a priest from the Archdiocese of St. Louis. If you've never heard him, he's just he's just on fire. I love listening to this man. Former professor at the Josephina, I think. Yes, right? absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, teacher, theologian, priest, preacher, and he's going to be talking about sacrifice and the parish. Hmm. About how it's through the parish that we can 
offer our sacrifices as the laity and, and so forth and, and the connection because again this is the year of the parish and the Eucharist so the conference is going to be about the parish and the Eucharist and he's he's doing more of the the parish aspect of it than the other two we've mentioned but his talk is going to be phenomenal I, I I think people are going to be coming maybe for Scott Hahn primarily and oh yeah they've maybe heard of Dr. Bergsman as well and they may not have heard of Father, uh, Monsignor Morris but they are going to be really really happy it, that they came and heard Monsignor Morris speak he is phenomenal well I have uh, I've had one interaction with Monsignor Morris and it was fantastic and I actually was on the radio with him one time and I was the host like we are today and he was the guest but our producer was in another state, and uh, actually in San Diego, and uh, and the computer I was using to interact with the producer, and we had callers to the show that were calling from all over the country. Um, uh, the computer that I was using went idle because Monsignor Mars had a lot to say, and then you know when a computer goes idle, <laughs> it'll lock you out. Right. And I didn't have the password to get back in, <laughs> and I remember I'll never forget that conversation. And uh, but Monsignor Mars didn't miss a beat. And we eventually got back into the computer and kept on going. But he's fantastic. Yes. I'm looking forward he, to he that. Is, he is really, really good. And don't just come to hear, you know, the afternoon speech. Come and listen to Monsignor Morris. And, and come, if you can, to the Mass. And, and I would recommend coming early because there is the possibility that, that we're going to have an overflow crowd. And it's just, you know, so the earlier you get there, the better better seats you'll get, the better parking you'll get. And and again, the mass in the piazza, I think, is going to be just fantastic. It's going to be beautiful. The choir is going to be awesome. Uh, so I think every aspect of the day, we're going to have food trucks for lunch. Uh, so and every Friday night, there's a year scatteration? Yes, right? Friday night, we've got 7 p.m. in the main church at, at the shrine will be Eucharistic Adoration. At 7.30, approximately, Monsignor Morris is going to give maybe a 15, 20-minute meditation on the Eucharist. And then after that, we're going to have a Eucharistic procession led by the bishop uh, around the piazza. So that's going to be beautiful as well. So just everything about this weekend, it, it's you're going to get truth and you're going to get beauty. And no matter what part of it you're there and hopefully you'll be there for all of it friday night and saturday uh it can't help but but really reach down deep and touch your soul it's, it's just going to be phenomenal well, john thank you so much for doing this uh you you've put on a lot of conferences over the years you always do a fantastic job you well, have wonderful you. people uh and so we really encourage people to come out for this year of the parish and the eucharist hear the great speakers go to mass eucharistic adoration so thank you for doing it uh, anything else you want to share with us today before we wrap up? Uh, no, just keep the keep in your prayers that we have a really hot streak in the weather between now and then, and then Friday the 13th and Saturday the 14th, the highs are in the low 80s with a cool breeze. Beautiful. Okay. You arranged that too, didn't I'm, you? I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay, so August the 13th and 14th starts at? What time on Friday? 7 p.m. on Friday, and then 9 a.m. for the Mass on Saturday with the speakers to follow that. And we'll wrap up what time on Saturday? Saturday, we're expecting to wrap up about 3.15. Okay, fantastic. All right. Registration cost? Oh, no yeah. registration. 
no cost. Fantastic. So it's just, you know. Show up. Show up. It's Everything is free except, well, your lunch. You have to pay for your lunch. We're, and like I said, we're going to have some food trucks there. We're going to have a shaved ice truck there. If you get hot, you'll be able to get that uh, and cool off a little bit. So, yeah, nothing you need to do except show up, participate, and enjoy. Wonderful. Thank you, John Martinoni. Thank you for listening to Living Catholic uh, weekly podcast. We have another one next week. And um, I would tell you who the guest was, but I don't know yet. So I'm depending <laughs> on my producer, Alex Kubik, to let me know. So tune in. Thank you for listening. Uh, like us on Facebook and all that other social media stuff that people do and pass it around. We appreciate it. Thank you so much.